first lesson is from uh, St. John, chapter 10. Um, it'll be found on page 1076, <laughs> beginning at the beginning. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. <clears throat> Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Excuse me, I'm going to pass out. Where's Anthony? Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The second reading is Psalm 23, which you can find on page 555 in the Church Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Just in case uh, we have any visitors, I'm, my name is Les, um, and I'm echoing a little bit. Uh, my name is Les, and I'm one of the church wardens, and I'm privileged to open God's Word for you this morning. So let's just bow our heads. Good Shepherd, may we sing your praise within your house forever. Amen. Well, Jesus is still at the Feast of the Tabernacles. Last week, he had the, the saying, I am the light of the world, which Simon brought to us. And then following straight on from that, there was the healing of the blind man. And all the arguments that the Pharisees argued amongst themselves. So, our reading from John's Gospel today is in answer to the Pharisees. The Feast of the Tabernacles was the most joyous of all the feasts, all the festivals. It came at the end of their ecclesiastical year. Now, I know people are going to say there are two more, but these were added later on. So in the time of Jesus, the Feast of Tabernacles would have ended the ecclesiastical year. In our reading today, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Not I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so we can assume that Jesus is saying, I'm the best. I'm the... Because if we say, I'm good at something, we really do mean that we're the best. And I'm looking around now and I'm seeing nods and agreement. We, we really do say, well, we're, we are the best. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. Well, it's strange. We have two different readings today. On the one hand, we have a shepherd who goes on to be a king. Now, in, in John's reading, we have a king who says, I am a shepherd. So let's unpick a little bit what it means, what Jesus is meaning when he says, I am the good shepherd. And I know Psalm 23 is so precious to everybody here, and it is to me. So please forgive me for unpicking it a little. 
but I promise to put it back together at the end. The good shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, all day long, the good shepherd is looking for ground to allow his sheep to feed, to relax. The good shepherd knows exactly what we want, doesn't he? And what we all require. Humanly speaking, we all need to be fed. We all need to be watered. We need to be regularly rested. And we need to be at peace. All through the day, the shepherd keeps this one thing in mind. He must lead his sheep to a drinking place. To watch his flock drinking and resting is the crowning token of the shepherd's unfailing thoughtfulness. But when at last the sheep are led beside the, the still waters, just think how good that is after the heat and the dust of the walk. In the region where in the re, region where David was a shepherd, the streams are very scarce. Judea borders on the south country called the Negev, and that means the dry land. Even in other parts where there are streams, they're very often surrounded by steep banks that are between broken hills. So often the banks are too steep or too dangerous for the sheep. Often the water is fast flowing, and sheep will not drink from fast flowing water. So the shepherd sees to it that his flock get to drink. The shepherd know the, knows the region very well. He knows where all the cisterns are. But he knows the sheep would prefer living water. Water that is constantly moving. And the shepherd knows where the streams are narrow. And so using stones and trees, he makes dams to slow the flow. Do you remember as a child we used to dam up streams and, and jump in the big pool of water that was behind it? It's that picture. The good shepherd dams up that flow of water so that the sheep can drink in peace. Jesus said that the sheep know his voice. And so it was with the shepherds out on the hills. And even if several flocks were drinking at that still water or grazing in the same area, they all recognized their own shepherd's call. We've just come back from Canada and we've been watching a group of gray and black squirrels. And we gave them little nicknames, like, like you do. One we called ringtail, and one was shorttail. Now the gray squirrels don't live in harmony with the black squirrels, but we have a, a mulberry tree that the squirrels are very fond of. But one day the ringtail fell 30 feet out of a tree. And I, I don't know if you can describe yourself as shepherds going to look for maybe an injured squirrel, 
But this is what we did. We walked to the edge of the hill and looked over. Uh, we couldn't see him. He, he must have got up and shook himself because the next day he was back in the tree. Very often the shepherd would have affectionate names for his sheep. Well, well maybe something like black tip or lop ear. I wonder if Jesus has an affectionate name for each one of us. That he speaks just in that prayer closet to us. That, that we recognize immediately. Not necessarily a nickname, but a love name. Not something that's hurtful. Like I had a nickname years ago, which I can't share, but if, if the gents want to come to me later on, I'll tell them what it was. But a, a love call. The sheep would know when to come for a drink by being called. So the shepherd leads them beside still waters. John is later to write, the lamb that is in the midst of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them to fountains of water of life. And the good shepherd restores my soul. Well, then, as now, there are perilous places for the flock. Places they must not go. Even though they and we never seem to be able to avoid them. So always the shepherd, the good shepherd, must be on watch. In these days, if the sheep were to trespass on private fields or gardens, maybe into vineyards, and they're caught, they're forfeited to the owner of the land. So he restores my soul literally means that the shepherd rescues us from fatal or illegal places. The good shepherd guides me in paths of righteousness. Some paths seem right to take, but very often may lead us into danger. And the sheep may find themselves on the pre precipice of a mountain and are not able to find their way back from it. Remember, sheep are very short-sighted. They may have lost sight of the shepherd. Unlike Western shepherds, Shepherds in the Middle East lead from the front. He never drives his sheep. Leading the sheep on the right path gives the shepherd a good name. A name that can be, he can be proud of. A name that is well respected in the community of shepherds. Oh, we need to hire a shepherd. There's a good one. He's the best. And we have the name that is above all names in Jesus. Some paths that are the right paths still lead us through places that are deadly perils. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David describes it. It's just a fact of life for the shepherd. 
Well, friends, how many of these valleys have we traveled in our life? Thank you, Marianne, for those prayers. It may have been a valley of illness or suffering, anxiety, fear, depression, gambling, pornography, and the list goes on, doesn't it? How many have we traveled down? For you are with me. The good shepherd is always with us. For the sheep, it matters little what the surroundings are or how great the perils and hardships. It only matters if the shepherd is with them. They have no contentment if the shepherd is not with them. And it's the same with us. It just paints a beautiful picture, doesn't it, friends? For this world in trouble of all kinds. To know the good shepherd is with us through all things. And in all places. And at all times. Well, sometimes even in spite of all the care of the flock. A wolf will get right into the midst. And it just scatters it wild with fright. They may run and be scattered, but the shepherd is still with them. He knows what to do. All the writings about David tells us he fought with lions and bears. Not many of those in the streets of Bath, is there? But we do fight with some big, ugly things. Shepherds are called on to be brave. Are we brave as under-shepherds? Are we brave enough to walk out of that door and take a stand for Jesus? There is a time coming, friends, where we will be called to take a stand one way or another. Are we going to be brave enough to face that? So the shepherds are called to be brave. The shepherd only has to call and the flock regroup. On hearing the familiar voice, that tender, familiar voice of the shepherd, they're brought back into comfort. They're comforted because the shepherd has fought off their aggressor with his rod and staff. They know and we know that we're protected and that we're cared for. The shepherd carries a rod and staff for guiding the sheep, as well as a weapon for defending them. One is for aiding them in places of need along the way, and the other for defense from the perils of wild beasts and maybe sheep rustlers. They comfort me. The rod and staff of the good shepherd comfort me. And friends, we really need to see this to understand it. And my words are not enough to describe, but it's enough for us just now to know the comfort of our Savior's voice in this world full of so much noise. Do you know the Savior's voice this morning? Are you hearing the Savior's voice this morning and through, your, through the week? In the office, at work, going around visiting, 
in Morrison's doing the washing up? Are you actively listening for the Savior's voice, for the Good Shepherd's voice? To know the comfort that our Savior's voice gives to those who will listen, those He has chosen. And those he's choosing even today. Remember the good shepherd's work is never finished. Not until he comes again. He's calling people today. Are we praying for people? Even today. To, to come to know the good shepherd. To know Jesus. Earlier on there was a coach put, pulled up outside. Some of you may have seen it. And I thought revival's come. What am I going to say? But it was only Matthew. A lot of you know Matthew. He drove the coach to um, Lee Abbey. Well, he's been in a, a difficult place since that, those days. He's wandered off. He, he left home. And he went and drove the athletes around at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. But he's been in a very difficult place. And I've been praying for him and praying for his mother. I'm pouring out my heart and saying, Lord, bring him home. Bring him home. Well, he's back home. The Lord answered that prayer. He brought him home. I said, how is it at home? He said, well, you know, Dad, you know Mum. I said, son, suck it up. We men have got to respect you mothers. I learned He'll learn. The good shepherd prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Well, friends, so often we think of this large dining table, don't we? But we're still out on the hills. Shepherds don't carry around big dining tables. You spread a table. It may be a cloak. It may be a blanket on the grass. What would the food be? Who knows? A bit of bread? Maybe a bit of goat's cheese? I don't know. Along with finding water, the shepherd must continually be looking for good grazing for the flock. Now there are many poisonous plants in this grass. And sheep being sheep, some they'll eat, others they'll not. But the good shepherd knows which ones to avoid. And he goes ahead. That's a reason he goes ahead, to pull up all these dangerous plants and destroy them. They're often snakes who live in holes in the ground. Again, very dangerous for the sheep. A good shepherd knows how to drive the snakes away. Now I had to learn this. One way is to burn the fat of pigs. The fat of pigs apparently snakes don't like. And so they'll move away. Also in the hills there may be holes or crevices that can contain jackals, hyenas, or maybe even a mountain lion. The good shepherd going ahead of his sheep would know how to block these up. Friends, it's right that David boasted of his prowess as a shepherd. 
our good shepherd goes through this world before us to make sure that we remain safe. If we choose to go off and wander off just like sheep, that's down to us. But the good shepherd, our good shepherd, goes before us in this world to make sure that we're safe. To sit and eat with our Savior would be the best time that any of us could have. But why should it be in the presence of our enemies? Quite simply, Jesus wants them all to know that they cannot take away our praise. They cannot take away our worship. They cannot interfere with our knowing the Savior. I thought, who could these enemies be? And most of them were defeated at the cross. There are two still left, death and hell. And we're going to learn about this when we move into Revelation, that they are yet to be defeated. And they, will, they are defeated, but they are not done away with. They will be cast into the burning lake. Jesus wants us to know that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing at all. There is no barrier that can be put in place that can separate us from his love. How Jesus longs to spend time with us. Are you making time to spend with Jesus on a regular basis? Mary Ellen is a morning person. I'm more of a late night person and I love to sit on the balcony with the moon up and just be with the Lord. Spend time with the Savior, friends. Listen to his voice. And the good shepherd anoints my head with oil. Well, friends, we've come to the end of a long hot day of walking and wandering around. It's time to return to the sheepfold. And as we all go through the gate, and Jesus himself says he's the gate, Jesus, the good shepherd, counts us all in. Can you imagine going to heaven and walking around and thinking, where's Simon? Where's Roger? Where's Mary? Why aren't they here? How much more heartbreaking for the Savior to walk around heaven and say, I've prepared this place for Esther. Why isn't she here? Let's redouble our efforts. I don't want to go to heaven without everybody I love. I don't want to be in heaven unless you are all there. All my children, my grandchildren. Let's redouble our efforts, friends. Jesus sees to it that none are missing. But he also sees to it that some are injured or unwell. So he has his healing ointments ready. The shepherd probably had a ram's horn filled with medication, which was probably herbs mixed with olive oil. Probably it's a blend that would have been passed down through the generations of shepherds, I don't know. He would notice the sheep that may have suffered knocks or scrapes and would apply this lotion 
to, to their wounds. Maybe there was one that had not been injured but was simply tired or exhausted. The good shepherd would bathe his face and head with this refreshing oil. It's right, friends, that we should carry on praying for the healing of our sick and wounded friends. But isn't it also right that the fit and healthy ones amongst us, we want a touch of the Savior as well. Are you going to push forward for that touch? I want you to know that you can push forward and feel that touch. The touch of the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, said Jesus. A touch from Jesus. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in that Lord's house forever. Friends, we've experienced the goodness and love all day on the hills and tracks. The house of the Lord. What better place to rest? Safe in the good shepherd's home forever. When the shepherd was counting the sheep in, he would also notice not just their heads, but their tails. And we know that sheep get messy behind. And he would clip away all the rubbish that was hanging. Friends, I want to say to you this morning, you don't have to carry anything, whether it be guilt or whatever it is. You don't have to carry anything from the past. The Savior is here to deal with the past. Jesus, the good shepherd, brings to the flock firstly salvation. He saves them from threats and dangers. He saved them then. He saves us now from everything that surrounds us. But he also deals with the lostness, the lostness brought about by sin. As we're thinking of that anointing, the head with that oil mixed with herbs. A few weeks ago, Gene was playing, there is a balm in Gilead. That balm is available today. Jesus says in Luke 15, I have found my lost sheep. Friends, salvation is expressed positively as knowing the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd this morning? Do you really know the shepherd? Or are, you, are we just playing church? Do we really know the shepherd? Jesus is the gate to this salvation. And I want to say, friends, there is no other way to be saved but through Jesus, through the cross, through the empty tomb. I can't be plainer than that. There is no other way to be in heaven apart from going through Jesus. Secondly, the flock is to come in and go out and find pasture. Friends, this is nurture. This is security. Yes, the sheep are under the shepherd's care and grow through nourishment by the food he provides. But he gives us freedom, doesn't he? Freedom to explore his kingdom and to explore kingdom's values. 
The blessings of the shepherd are defined more generally in, in um, our reading in John verse 10. Life to the full. Have you life to the full? Are you seeing life just in black and white? Or are you seeing color, beauty, music, the stars, the moons? Or are we just seeing black and white? Well, if we just see life as black and white, we haven't got life to the full. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. Life to the full may art back to the first of Jesus' signs at Cana, which proclaimed him the one who brought the joy of the kingdom to an arid system, an arid legal system. Friends, life to the full is the eternal life of the kingdom. Yes, it's, it's glimpsed briefly in Eden. And we're going to move into this in September. It's seen in a vision in Revelation as a city coming down from God, the holy dwelling of God with his people. Brothers, sisters, friends, this is the life to which we were created. Do you know the Good Shepherd? Do you know his pet name for you? Have you felt the touch of the Savior? Friends, I, I, as always, there is prayer. I don't want anybody to leave this building today without the touch of the Savior. Without knowing that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Without experiencing life to the full. I want the blessing of the shepherd to fall on each and every person here today. Esther, come in, round it all off for us, because I'm, I'm out of words and I'm out of whatever. Thanks, Lois. Such a lot of stuff about shepherds in that culture that I didn't even know. It is good not to rush away, though, isn't it, from the, um, from the thought, the Good Shepherd, a picture that we know so well. Jesus was such a good teacher, wasn't he? He gave us lots of word pictures to help us understand a bit more about what our relationship with God could be like. We're going to do two things now. We've got a YouTube clip to sit and watch to help us just reflect. What does it mean for you to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd in your life. And then we'll, I think, stay in our seats. And we're going to sing the song I'm sure you've been waiting for, for the whole service, The Lord's My Shepherd. So, Jean, if you would just play that when the video starts. But do take a quiet moment. This is a private moment for you and your Heavenly Father. Let's listen and watch the YouTube clip. Good shepherd of my soul, come dwell within me. Take all I am and more, 
Search Christ's depths and ever to follow. 